What's going on, everyone? Welcome into The Hedge presented by The Game Day. Today, the Roto Surgeon himself is in the house. Kev Masarajan is here with us. How are you, buddy? How's it going, Steve? I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be on and looking forward to discussing some basketball. Before we get to all that, how was your Valentine's Day? Oh man, you don't have to ask about my Valentine's Day. Uh, you know, but my girlfriend, Claudia, she got me this little heart. We went on a cute little date, uh, got drinks, dinner, nothing too crazy. You know, stayed a lot more than six feet apart at an outside bar. Uh, just really cool, nothing nothing brazy. It was just like very casual, but we had fun. What do we got in the uh, the heart right there? Oh, the the heart right here. Uh, yeah, so she got me she got me like little K and C Rams logos, and uh, there was like a it superimposed like our faces together from a picture. So she did a really good job with that. A lot more original than my gift. I just got her a massive teddy bear. So uh, you know, I think we're both happy with it though. Well, uh, I'm in New York City, and basically they just opened up indoor dining again, and we're trying. I'm trying to go with my girlfriend to go get you know some breakfast or something like that, and literally we can't find anything open. It was like the first first full day of indoor dining and they're like come back at like at noon or one and so we wind up getting into like the manhattan ihop and we're just sitting in there for like 45 minutes waiting for a table and i'm like you know i've been with her for three valentine's days now and i was like this can't be good like this i'm very sorry about this i'll have to redeem myself next year at least it wasn't denny's honestly i like ihop so no hey i don't know i don't good. know she it liked just, it you know, but it's I... not very romantic <laughs> If you took me out to IHOP, I would have been thankful. I, you know, that would have been, I wouldn't mind. So, you know, hopefully next year's a little better. We're all, we're all hoping next year's better. Yeah, I certainly feel better about that now. But uh, let's get to it. Uh, speaking of Valentine's Day, Tom Thibodeau and Derek Rose have reunited, been doing great things in New York. They won three of four. Are the Knicks a team you'd pick to make the playoffs? Uh, clever what you did there with uh, Rose and Valentine's Day. I see you. Uh, I really don't like the Knicks that much just from a personal standpoint. I don't like the way they're constructed. I know they've been winning games. They've won five out of their last eight. Just fantastic. Uh, beating the Rockets, Hawks, uh, Wizards, Portland, Chicago. That, that's fine, but I, I just don't see them as a, con like a contender for a real playoff spot, especially with the weird tournament we might have. The second half schedule is not really determined yet. I do like their upcoming schedule against uh, that goes until March 2nd. They have some easy matchups, so they can rack up a few more wins, but I, I just don't see the Knicks as a team to make the playoffs with how terrible their offense is. They don't have pieces to really move around. The only piece they can move is what Julius Randle, and that's been a core piece of their team. They don't have Mitch Robinson. Uh, Nerland's Noel's health's an issue at all times. So even with him starting and playing 30 minutes a game, I'm not buying into the Knicks right now. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you there, Kev. I do buy into the Knicks as this... 500 maybe slightly below playoff team remember there's 10 teams in the east who can make the playoffs now i saw them at a plus 250 on points bet to make the playoffs i'm all in there i really believe julius randall is playing in an all-star season and this defense is legit yes this offense is terrible but this defense is legit and i really believe tom thibodeau can you know will this team into mediocrity which is far above where they've been the last few years mediocrity is losing points to the orlando magic that don't have a point guard wings they're basically just a nikola vucevic and terrence ross off the bench so i don't think a team like that especially one that's played more games than other teams remember they've played three or four more games than the chicago bulls and atlanta hawks who are right behind them in the playoff standing so really they're only in the playoffs due to volume at 14 and 16 right now i i just don't see them better than the hawks or the bulls uh two uh, better teams with better stars 
Clippers. Uh, the Bulls just need to get healthy. Hawks, they lost Hunter, but I, I, I'm not buying into the Knicks. The question with this Knicks team is not whether they will make the playoffs. The question is, should they make the playoffs? Because we've talked about this in the past. Being in that middle spot where you're battling for eight seeds, kind of what Atlanta wanted to do this year, kind of what Charlotte wanted to do this year, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I would want to be either at the bottom looking for a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Suggs or someone who can turn around this Knicks offense next year, or I'd want to be at the top, obviously. And I don't really see this Knicks team good enough, even with the defense they're doing, to be in that you know, above the eight seed range. So should they be like trading a Julius Randle and Alec Burks and all these vets who they've gotten a lot out of and try to uh, add more draft picks? You probably can't get much out of Alec Burks. Uh, so I wouldn't really be selling him. You're probably just better off keeping him and seeing if he can help you. Uh, with Julius Randle, the thing with him is he's not a highly valuable player as a trade asset because he's such a high usage ball dominant player that a lot of teams that would be trading for him don't need someone like him. He's kind of a core player you would build around or you would kind of just let him handle everything else. But most teams that would be trading, let's say the, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, maybe the Boston Celtics, they might make sense. But I don't know if the Knicks want to trade with the Celtics and make them better. Uh, that could be an issue. A lot of the Western Conference teams don't need a big like Randall who can't really defend, uh, again, ball dominant. So he's not a good fit. I just hold Randall. If you could, yes, I would trade Randall. He's just not enough of an asset to trade. Uh, I think the biggest thing Knicks fans need is some goodwill within the franchise. So making the playoffs is not more valuable than that draft pick because I do believe they are better off getting a superstar, like you said, Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, those guys are the real deal, absolutely. I mean, you get one of those guys as your point guard. The Knicks haven't had a good point guard since, you know, Chauncey Billups was here for a month and then they amnestied him. So it makes total sense if you can find a way, whether it's that Nick pick or that Dallas pick, to find a way to get into that top three and get one of those guys. Absolutely. You don't want to be stuck in the middle like you just said. You want to be at the bottom or you want to be at the top. And the Knicks are just so middle right now that I would trade if I could. But with the way the team is built, what are you going to do? Give up Alfred Payton? No one's going to give anything for Alfred Payton. Uh, you guys are trying to get rid of him and start Emmanuel quickly. I would give some. I would give up something to get him off the team. I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you all? Like he's been great for my uh, best ball points league. But aside from that, yeah, there, there. You guys don't have the assets. I guess just see what you got. Try to get RJ Barrett some maybe a playoff experience in uh, of the first series. But aside from that, yeah, you guys are just stuck. Hope to get healthy with Mitchell Robinson and see where this te- where this season takes you. Because I don't see you guys trading for a superstar like Bradley Beal. I don't see you guys trading any of your assets for anything of value. So try to make the playoffs. Try to build some goodwill. That's all you can really do. It's interesting because RJ Barrett, who had that pretty nice start to the season, his minutes have decreased significantly in the last couple of weeks. Thibodeau is just whatever it takes to win. He's not really concerned about developing the young core. He's not really concerned about any of that. You know, Tosh Gibson's playing pretty big minutes right now for this team again. I don't know where they're at, but I don't really see a foundational piece here. Randall is an all-star. I think he deserves that all-star nod this year, but I'm not sure he's a guy you want to have on this team, you know, three, four years from now. No, absolutely not. I'm not a big Julius Randall fan, even though I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan and I did root for him after he broke his leg in his rookie year. He kind of just, his game looked a lot different. He was still a monster on the boards, still great around the rim, but he never developed enough as a shooter or a defender to really be an impact player in the modern NBA. So he 
he's good and he can impact to a certain degree, but it's not enough to be uh, what this league really needs for the way a team has to use him for him to be impactful. It's a weird description for a player who averages so many points and rebounds who would traditionally be considered really good, but he's just fine. And you don't build around fine. You build around great RJ Barrett. He's another guy. You need to give him high usage for him to be effective, for him to have the ball in his hands, distribute. He's not a great passer. I mean, he's a good passer. He's not a willing passer. He's he's an improving passer, though, and he's 20 years old. So I'd rather take the risk that, you know, four or five years from now, he's a, a pretty good DeMar DeRozan kind of player, not a elite player, but a good player that you could have as your second or third option on a championship team. But look Maybe at a third. Let's say third yeah. option. Let's but, say third option. Yeah, but look at DeMar DeRozan throughout his career. He's never been i don't want to say a winner he could get to the playoffs but he's not the guy who leads you and with the usage you need to utilize the martyr rosen you can't use him as a three and d guy because he doesn't have three or a, he doesn't have three or d so these kinds of players do not fit the league as uh, as championship caliber players because if anything there are some great players who you could use as role players as on teams or you can minimize their role and they could still be really effective but players like DeRozan, players like Julius Randle who can't shoot or can't defend, you're really just stuck with guys like that and you really can't build around them. Knicks have multiple. Uh, you're better off tanking but you just you you kind of have to just win with what's at hand because this team's a little too good to tank and not good enough to win. So you're, you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think they're going to be buyers at the deadline. They're about $15 million under the, the salary floor right now. A guy like Evan Fournier makes a lot of sense. He's not going to cost a ton to uh, acquire. He's a, uh, I think he's in the last year of his deal. You saw him against uh, the Knicks. They beat up uh, the the Magic beat up on the Knicks. And Fournier is a guy I don't think is in their long term plans. He's probably going to cost you know a high second round pick, you know late first round pick. The Knicks have the Piston second round pick this year, so that makes a lot of sense. I would agree with you. I would just tear it down and try to see if I could sneak my way into that top five in that lottery. But that's not the way I think Thibodeau is going to go, and we'll have to wait and see on that. But besides for the Knicks, what have you seen in the NBA? this week that you uh, took away from uh the nba steph curry looks fantastic even though he scored 25 points on 25 shots yesterday uh they did end up winning that game against the miami heat and the miami heat are terrible don't get me wrong they're they're they are a much more mediocre team than they were last year but uh just for steph's sake he's carrying this warriors team into a low-end playoff spot in the west uh they didn't have Draymond green they didn't have their first round pick james wiseman uh so shout out to steph curry for really showing up when there's really there's nothing around him he's getting some help from kelly Oubre and andrew wiggins but this is the steph show and he's showing that he can carry a team to the playoffs on his own no clay thompson uh occasionally no draymond green no kd anymore so give steph his flowers man like this guy all-time top 10 player he really deserves that recognition I really like what Steph has done this year, but every time I watch him, I'm like, I feel like they're just wasting his prime. Like this is not a team that is good enough to win an NBA championship as currently constructed. So what's the next move they can make? Obviously, Clay Thompson coming back would help, but he's coming off two major surgeries. Who knows what he looks like? Draymond Green looks old. And Wiseman, you know, he looks like a nice rookie, but as of now, you can't really depend on him going forward. So I'm really curious to see what that next big move Golden State makes, because I mean, 
saying they're wasting his prime is not the correct term because they've won three NBA championships, but they're, they're wasting the end of his prime here. And I really hope that they could find that other piece. Maybe a Bradley Beal, as you mentioned, could make sense there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like Bradley Beal's fit with Steph Curry as, as great as Bradley Beal is. He's one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Uh, and Steph's Steph can hold his own on the defensive end, but you need a wing or a two that can kind of, you know, take on the tougher matchups on the back in backcourts. There are just too many good teams in the like NBA. Like Thompson. I mean, yeah, like Thompson. Who he held his own. He was a very good defender for a very long time. Unfortunately, Achilles injury is going to like drain him of that most likely. So I liked the concept of trading for a swingman that could play the three and four, maybe like Otto Porter Jr. But he's injured. Uh, you mentioned Evan Fournier. I really like Fournier. Not a great defender, but he would could be acquired for cheap. But he's been dealing with back spasms. Warriors are kind of just stuck too. Uh, make it to the playoffs, kind of let Steph cook. They'd probably be better off trading him in the offseason, honestly, even though he is the franchise. Uh, this team, they have Wiggins, they have Kelly Oubre, who's going to be gone, I think, in a year. They don't have much. Wiseman, I don't see him developing into a super great caliber center. I really don't see him developing into that ever. But if he were, that's going to take time anyway. So, And Steph would be too old by then. So, yeah, the, the Warriors are stuck. That's why I think they're wasting it. That's why I think they're wasting it right now. But we'll have to wait and see on that. One guy I've really been following the last week or so, Sadiq Bey, the Villanova product. He's gotten a lot more minutes for Detroit with uh, Blake Griffin now banished from the team. And I really like him. He can shoot. He could do a little bit of everything. He could rebound a little bit. And him with a Jeremy Grant, you know, those are two, you know, Grant's not old. So those are two youngish guys who you could be as your, you know, starting two forwards for the next, you know, couple of years. Yeah, I really wasn't a big fan of Sadiq Bey coming out of college. I just didn't like his game. It seemed a little clunky like he was he was great at slashing getting to the rim i i didn't believe in his shot too much but he's been shooting extremely well uh 55 from the field over the past two weeks three threes per game 15 uh, points five boards a steal as well he's shooting 84 percent from free throw on like nearly three shots per game so sadiq bay fantastic for fantasy um it's really not just the blake griffin trade that really propped him up but it's the Derek rose trade as we mentioned before that opened up a lot of usage on this team uh the more ball to go around delon wright's not really a massive scorer so you know the players around him like jeremy grant like sadiq bay now they're getting more of the ball to shoot so we're seeing some great production recently i still don't buy in long term but i think for right now he's a great fantasy buy um maybe you know he he and jeremy grant could be that front court for a while but i'm i'm just still not the biggest fan they need someone like Cade cunningham real bad they need Cade cunningham more than any other for, i mean maybe the magic would be the other one but other than those two teams like they need those guys so bad that starting point guard they have been waiting for them so long and it's tough because they just drafted killian hayes seventh overall and if they get in that position they're gonna have to draft another point guard this year i mean you could play killian hayes off ball you can use him as a shooting guard so Killian Hayes can mesh, mesh well with any guard they were to draft I think Jalen Suggs would actually be a really good fit here too so Detroit has a lot of options as long as they land top three in this coming draft which they look like they are giving that given that they are the worst team in the NBA uh I I do really like Detroit's future if Sadiq Bey were to be legit uh I do like Killian Hayes a lot I wasn't a big fan of their Isaiah Stewart pick but yeah Detroit this team has a ton of potential 
if they were to land a top three pick. Yeah, it was a very weird offseason. We talked about all the bigs. They drafted Isaiah Stewart. It didn't really make any sense. But with the Jeremy Grant signing the gone the way it has, none of that really matters. Those other guys are all kind of, you know, whatever, don't matter. Their, their money is going to clear the book sooner rather than later. But that Grant decision is probably the best signing of the entire offseason other than maybe Christian Wood, who they let go. Oh, yeah, Christian Wood. That's That kind of negated the loss of uh, you, you lost one most improved uh, most most improved player for another. So it, I mean, it worked out, but honestly, how good would a Jeremy Grant Christian Wood front court be right now with Sadiq Bay at small forward? Imagine that. Like they could have simply, they could have paid them all and not paid Mason Plumley. I don't get why they paid Mason Plumley nearly, uh, what was it, like $50 million a year for the next three years or something? It was, so- I think it was, I think it was three for 25 oh, for Plumley. Okay. I mixed three, it up. F- three years. That's a lot of money yeah, for him. Uh, Wood, Wood was three for 41. Okay. So maybe I'm, I, I was completely off base there but nevertheless they paid Mason Plumley the way more than they needed to I, I just I don't get it he's a fine rotational player but yeah keeping Christian Wood would have been the absolute move and Del- DeLon Wright's not looking terrible so he could have been a piece for the future as well so Detroit uh, I don't know how I feel about their new GM uh, Troy Weaver but he comes from OKC they know how to hoard picks they know how to draft so, Kev, obviously we talk a lot of NBA here on The Hedge, but we're going to start incorporating a little college hoops with March Madness right around the corner. So, obviously, you you went to USC. Are you a college guy? Do you follow your alma mater? Uh, I follow football a lot more than basketball, but the USC Trojans basketball team has been making some noise of late. Uh, they're, they're wrecking through the Pac-12. Uh, they've had some postponements in recent games, so that kind of sucks, but they're making up for it. Five more games, Arizona, Stanford, Colorado, Utah, UCLA. Uh, I, I fully believe we can sweep this next five game series. Uh, they've won a crazy amount, seven games in a row. Their last loss was a month ago, January 19th versus Oregon state. And that was a two point loss. So USC Trojans are ripping it. Uh, I want to hear, I want to hear about Evan Mobley. Well, well, before I get into the end of that, but, uh, Kevin Pulsifer on Twitter, uh, he had the, he had USC as a five seed for the, for March madness. So I'm really hopeful they can sneak into the top 16 soon, but yeah, Evan Mobley superstar. This guy is the future, uh, unicorn big in the NBA. He can shoot. He can defend. He can even pass. Uh, he's extremely fluid when getting to the basket. He looks like Brandon Ingram when he's driving, he kind of has that fluidity, but he can also attack the basket uh i i just think evan mobley is the perfect big for any team no matter what kind of front court you have set already uh you draft a guy like this just give him the ball let him get to work on both ends of the floor so evan mobley superstar he's going to be an impact player from day one in the nba super hopeful on him do you see him as a guy who could play with another center or another power forward or do you think he's the only big you could put in your uh starting five uh, no, you could play him next to a uh, power forward. Like he's the kind of guy you want to play next to Julius Randle. So if the Knicks were to score that top pick, you get an Evan Mobley, Julius Randle front court and you're eating. That's that sounds pretty good to me. I'll sign up for that right now. The comp I've heard on him a couple of times, Chris Bosch. And obviously, you know, he's a double digit all-star guy. I would love to have that guy with, you know, the, the, the you know, a top three pick, you know? 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Chris Bosch pick because Chris Bosch honestly was one of the best shooters for big men in NBA history. So I don't know if he'd get to that extent as a shooter, but he could probably be a better defensive version who can uh, rim protect a lot better. He's more of a true C than Bosch was kind of a four or five. They moved him from four to five in Miami in those Heatles days because he was a four with Toronto. Let's never uh, don't forget that. They never could find a center. They never had any money and they they couldn't find a center. And it worked out. Hey, uh, Bosch at the five worked, but uh, Evan Mobley is more of a true five who can just do it all. And I'm super excited for him once he gets to the league. He's he's a perfect fit for any team, in my opinion. Well, uh, thank you so much, Kev, for coming on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, on Twitter at Rotosurgeon. Uh, it's spelled out sounds. Uh, you can find my work over at the game day. I'm doing a little bit of basketball and baseball right now. Once football season gets to full swing, I'll get into that as well. But I uh, know March Madness is coming up. You could see a couple of my pieces uh, along with that on the NBA end. So look forward to some draft profiles. And uh, yeah, thanks, Steve, so much for having me on. Of course, we're going to do it again soon. But uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to professional tipster Kenny Betts Big and see how his basketball bets this week are going. Well, 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 but isn't the great Kenny Betts big? Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. You know, I'm pretty pumped to be back. The last time I was on here, I actually uh, swept my betting card. So I think there's like a little uh, good luck around coming on the show. So I'm pretty excited to see how tonight goes. Yeah, I took a couple of those bets when we last talked and we both made a little money, which is great. Let's, Let's see go, if we can do Steve. the same thing That's again. what I'm talking I about, my man. It's pretty good, pretty good. That's what we do here on The Hedge. But uh, let's talk about some of these... Uh, games you bet on this week let's talk about this come from behind when you had tuesday night i understand you took the uh the nets with uh over the suns yeah that that was that game was electric like that was literally like you know a a betting dream you think you're absolutely out of it at halftime you know the nets they go into the uh the locker room i don't know if it was they made a few adjustments or you know i don't know james harden just started draining shots i think it was probably had a lot to do with that prayer stick that Kyrie had did you did you actually get a chance to look at that thing I did. He was walking into the arena with it. He had it the other day, too, in a, a big win they had over the Kings, but it seems to be working so far. Yeah, no, it's actually he's uh, I don't know if you knew this. He's actually a quarter of uh, Lakota Sioux, Native American. So apparently he's trying to like get in touch with, you know, I guess like his roots and his heritage. So, yeah, like you said, he's brought it to a few other games and they covered that Kings game pretty easily. So maybe that's like a, uh, a betting angle we can get behind, you know, got to look out for when Kyrie's got his prayer stick in hand that was crazy to me that he like had this like they're on a west coast trip did he bring this on the plane with him is this something he purchased when he was on the west coast it's it's fascinating to me i want to know way more about this prayer stick yeah we're gonna have to you're gonna have to reach out to Kyrie, see if we can get him on the uh get him on the show you know how, t- t- what are the producers doing come on guys get get it together get Kyrie on the show let let me and steve sit down with him and really dig into this prayer stick action it is uh, very nice that we can talk about bets like this with, you know, come from behind wins from the Brooklyn Nets. A couple of months ago, we had the pandemic. We had no sports. And I saw your segment this week with the game days, Matty Burke, where you mentioned we, there was no sports. You were betting on 2K games. And I want you to tell me how that came to be. 
Yes. Oh, so you happen to see that. Huh? I'm not I see, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not proud of it. Um, you know, I try to keep myself uh, pretty sharp. And, you know, with gambling, everyone thinks, you know, you're just a degenerate or whatnot. But I, for the most part, I try to keep myself, you know, pretty on cue with uh, staying on the sharp side of the bets. But there was nothing to bet on. So, you know, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I did, I did get the itch and I decided to fire on a few uh, Madden. They had a uh, Madden 2K. And my favorite one, the favorite simulations to bet on were the uh, MLB The Show. I, listen, a real life walk off home run is electric. I don't know if you you got to bet on a few uh, MLB The Show games, get a few thousand now, where dollars. Where are you on finding one of those. these bets? Like, where are you finding these? Well, so my my bookie, um, like one of my bookies, they had it available on their websites. So like it's just like an offshore account you can get on there. And I'm not sure. Sh- I don't know if um, I'm not sure if FanDuel or DraftKings had them available. I don't probably not. Now, are you like looking at like the players like record in this? Like what what stats are you looking at to say this is the guy I'm rolling with? Are you picking like based on the teams they're using? Um, well, so I, I didn't really get like too much into it. I did it for like probably like a week, week and a half. I actually did win some money. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a problem until, um, like I told Maddie, the last time that I, the last game I actually bet on the like, I think it was like probably like the first quarter, second quarter of a game. And it went like the the screen, excuse me, just shut out. Like it just cut out. It was like black. And then it just like picked up. The game was over. It told you the results. And uh, I had actually lost on that game. So when, I knew it was sketchy to begin with. But once that happened, I was like, all right, I got to stop this. This is I'm going to lose all my money during a pandemic. This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I love playing those video games. I have a, a, you know, I get the new 2K every other year and I'm, I got the my player going and he's pretty much the same guy every year just on a different team but uh i've never actually bet on a game like that i mean other than you know a couple of bucks with my friends but i'm the one playing those games and i'm always gonna ask you what's the uh what's the most you ever laid down on a 2k game i'd probably say 50 bucks i mean you know slow roller over here so far i'm not that good at it that's what we're gonna call you now stevie (laughs) high rollers deep pockets on the 2ks yeah, I mean, I definitely love that. I love that will be the show for sure. I had a, a pretty sweet pitcher who was uh, always trying to uh, make his way to the New York Mets. It was always a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those video games are great. I was actually, uh, it's weird, you know, I, I I fell out of love with some video games for a few years now, but um, once they dropped Call of Duty Warzone, I don't know if you've had a chance to play that. Dude, I'm addicted to that game. It got me through quarantine. There was nothing to do except play Warzone. So me and all my buddies, you know, I, we felt like we were back in college again. It was great stuff. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm definitely looking to get a new system sooner rather than later when we have some more free time. But I want to talk to you now about March Madness. It's on the horizon. I want you to talk to me about that basically with uh, college basketball on the horizon with uh, the big dance. What is your strategy going into that for the uh, the tournament? Um, for yeah, so your I, you know, I really take it game by game. Obviously, I, you know, I enter a few brackets just for fun. Um, and usually what I'll do is I'll pick like I'll analyze the bracket. I'll look at it based on matchups and I'll pick out like one or two teams that I, you know, I'm going to really like ride through the tournament and hope that they make it to at minimum the final four. There's usually usually like, um, you know, you can bet on teams to make it to like the elite eight or the final four or make it to the national championship. So I'll usually pick one or two teams and, uh, you know, I'll sprinkle a few bets on like the elite eight, the final four and, uh, you know, hopefully that they win it as well. Now, you talked about 2K and Madden betting. Have you ever done a weird bracket? Like I once saw a bracket a few years ago for like electing a new pope. Have you ever done a non, 
you know college basketball March Madness bracket? No, uh, no, I haven't actually. But I'm I'm interested in that Pope one. What's that about? Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy stuff. Basically, just <laughs> electing a new pope. I really uh love all the kind of bracket things that are going on. I know MLB added, you know, eight playoff teams last year in each division. They were trying to get their own bracket going. Everyone is bracket fever, especially when it comes to March. Yeah, the you know, the, everyone loves the bracket. Even people that don't really bet on sports or even watch sports for that matter. I know when I was younger growing up, my mom, my mom who d- knows nothing about sports, she would always fill out a, back, uh, a bracket and she would pick it based on like the mascots or team names and uh, she would never have much luck. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine that. But yeah, everyone loves March Madness everyone loves getting in on the bracket and we were robbed of that last year so um i can't wait to see you know the pandemonium around this year i know i'm very excited i think uh and i have a few i have my eyes set on a few teams that i think have a uh, very good chance to make it to the final four and hopefully win it all so you want to tell us about one of those teams that you think uh, could go far i can't do that well i'll give you can't one because i'll give you one because it's more of a favorite so you know okay. it's really it's no surprise um i think baylor has a very good shot um, normally I'm not big on the chalk teams, but I think Baylor has a big chip on their shoulder this year. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're a big college basketball fan, but last year they had an amazing season last year yeah. going into the tournament. They were definitely going to be a number one seed. They were the favorite to win it all. And obviously, you know, COVID comes, comes, uh, to America, shuts everything down and they were robbed of their chance to win a national championship. So Baylor is definitely a team. Um, I definitely have my eye on and definitely will probably be, uh, placing a few bets on them to make it to the final four. I'm not like the biggest college basketball fan. Obviously I get into it for March madness. I usually just pick, you know, one of the teams with big NBA players upcoming. So I guess here it would be, you know, a Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma state. I correct me if I'm wrong. I think Oklahoma state is actually not um, eligible for the tournament this year. Yeah. The Cade oh, Cunningham, like the Cade Cunningham story is pretty amazing. I don't know if you've actually had a chance to check that out where uh, Oklahoma state, they were ruled ineligible for the tournament play. But Cade Cunningham, you know, in high school, he was not a big recruit up until his senior year. So the coach from Oklahoma State, he was the only guy that would actually go to his games when he was like a sophomore, junior and was interested in him. So he said, you know, when I was no one, he was the only guy that showed me interest. So regardless, I'm still going to go there. So it's not often you see guys do that. But that was pretty cool. No, it's it's certainly very rare, and I think that speaks to his character, especially as a guy who's potentially going to be making millions and millions of dollars next year. He could have really got himself a big endorsement deal if he had a long uh, March Madness playoff run, but that's not going to happen, as you said, and uh, we'll have to see him uh, in big games again next year in the NBA. Yes, and everyone, if you know, if you want to get in on my NBA action or even see who I have for the rest of the March Madness, you can go right to my Instagram or check out KennyBetsBig.com, and uh, I'll help you guys win a lot, a lot, a lot of money. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to talk to you again, hear about your uh, NBA bets. But for now, everyone, thank you for listening, and please keep it locked in here on the game day.